In three, two, one. This is a special edition of Phone Booth Fighting, your uh, weekly podcast destination for mixed martial arts talk with myself, Richard Hunter, and the two-time UFC heavyweight champion, Frank Mir. We're out here on uh, Frank's back patio, as uh, we are each and every week when we tape the show. But this week, uh, doing things uh, decidedly different because uh, we have some important things to talk about. So we're just going to roll out this unedited piece of audio in its entirety. We're going to talk for uh, as long as we need to talk and post it all up and, um, and just have it be uh, what it is without bells and whistles and opening themes and all the rest of that kind of stuff. So, Frank... Uh, I guess let's just get started. Uh, this, jump right into it. This was uh, a memorable day in the career of Frank <laughs> Mayer. So let's start there. I'll give you the floor and uh, tell everybody what happened, and I'll, I'll chime in with questions. Yeah, actually, it started last night. I got a call, uh, two phone calls I didn't recognize on my phone, but I was doing an appearance at the Tilted Kilt for uh, Budweiser, the UFC, and uh, I was behind the bar passing out free Bud Light. And uh, my wife finally walked over and told me, hey, Jeff DeWincy just called your phone. He texted saying that, you know, uh, Usada's trying to get a hold of you. I said, okay, no problem. So I waited 15 minutes for me to finish doing the uh, appearance, say my goodbyes. I walked outside and I called, you know, back the number. I said, hey, it's Frank Mir. And then uh, the the individual identified themselves. It's Usada. They're in town. They, they need to see me. So I'm like, oh, I had a couple shots. I was like, okay, you know, you know, I'm assuming it's a drug test. I'm like, just warning you. I know that it's, you know, it's out of competition, but... I'm a little lit, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. you're going to deal with me and, uh, you know, the wife's driving now. <laughs> I'm not uh-huh. really in full control of all my uh, facilities. Uh, you know, I had a good time and had a couple shots. And so uh, we go over to Caesars, kind of a nearby place because they said they had just got onto the strip. And so uh, we went ate at Carmine's and I was sitting there waiting for the phone call. And when they called me, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, the bathroom's around the corner. It was two guys and we started walking around the corner and it's like, no, 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 we're not here to drug test you. I'm like, oh, what are you here for? They're like, okay, it's about your test back in, uh, you know, uh, March 19th. I'm like, oh, okay. The day, the day of the Mark Hunt fight. Yeah, the Mark Hunt fight. I'm like, oh, okay. They're like, well, you had a substance in your uh, urine. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I did. I probably had amphetamine because I take Adderall. I said, I have a TUE on file. They're like, no, no, you had that in there. But yeah, you're right. That's under file. You had uh uh, an AAS. I'm like, what? Like an anabolic uh, uh, steroid? No, is it ASS or AS? Mm-hmm. Whatever the acronym is for it. And that's why I looked at him and I was like, what? Fuck no. You know, I just like shook my head. And I was like, no way. Are you sure? What? Is that my urine? And so then at first I kind of think the denial part where I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no way that I had that in my system. Especially because the first thing I reverted back to, I was like, well, I took Sipinate. I had a prescription for it and TUE, but that was back three years ago. And I've passed three or four of your guys' drug tests since then, since being off of it. There's no way any of that's holding up. I'm like, no, no. And they name me the chemical, the 4-methylcline testosterone, whatever the heck it is. I can't even pronounce it properly. Uh-huh. I was like, I had that in my system? They're like, well, no, you didn't have the actual drug in your system. I'm like, then what did I have in my system? And they said, you had the metabolite that's a derivative of. I'm like, what does that mean? So I got a quick uh, breakdown in science explaining that basically 
That means that that drug that I particularly, that they said that is in my system, if someone were to take it, it's an oral steroid, that it, it would, uh, you know, it, it's, it has no medical use whatsoever. It was invented by like the uh, Eastern Bloc, 1960s Soviet Union to basically try to win gold medals. Um, it's only for making your body look really good and making you strong and fast and and uh, it's extremely powerful drug. Let, let me let me uh, uh, say what I read up about it was the the two main benefits were uh, endurance and recovery. To those okay. were two words I the saw. The one for thing sure. that when I looked up on it, yeah. the first thing when you Google it, immediately comes up that it stays in your system for six weeks. Right. So uh, when I'm at home last night going through the internet trying to figure out what the hell's going on, um, I'm like, why would I take a drug that lasts for six weeks in my system? Yeah, that makes no sense. And let's let's so so let's set up a, a and hold hold your thought because yeah. I don't want to I don't want to cut you off. But let's let's kind of establish a timeline here because February second you were tested uh, here. Phenomenal. In, yeah. In the uh, in you, fact it was in fact I even made a joke about it because it was six thirty in the morning. There's knocking at my door. And that's about the time we start getting up with the kids. Well, the wife and the kids start getting up about that time. Yeah. I'm usually the last one out of bed. Yeah. And so uh, all of a sudden, you know, we get a knocking at the door, and I have cameras that show me who's at the front door. And I'm looking at them, and it's two guys in a polo shirt holding a clipboard. And I'm like, who the hell shows up? To, like, are these guys asking for donations? So I even got a little frustrated. So I grabbed my, uh, you know, I answered the door, not brandishing a firearm, but I had one behind the door ready to go open the door i'm like you know who the, who the fuck are you and they're like oh you know we're here you know hey frank you know we're here with usada here's our badges and i looked through the screen because you know i hadn't opened up the screen yet you know my uh, my security gate i just wanted to see who they were and then i when i realized like oh you guys are here to drug test me hold on a second you know because i was just in my briefs so i put the gun away put on a pair of sweatpants i let them in the house and then uh they did uh they had the reason why there was two guys there was because one was a, a, a hypothesis. What's the word I'm trying to say? Phlebotomist. Phlebotomist. For Thank blood. You. For blood. Mm -hmm. So that was February 2nd, 7 in the morning. Kids are getting ready for school. Jenny's running around the kitchen fixing breakfast, and I'm getting blood drawn mm. and uh, taking a urine sample. And uh, that test came back clean. Shows That's that February 2nd. February 2nd. I have no drugs. I haven't tried to play around. Get tested randomly, and I'm clean as a whistle. So then... In the fight, March 20th or March 19th here in, in the States, they said that I had this residue metabolite. And even the printout of the paperwork they sent me today said it was a very low level. They have three levels on the paperwork, high, medium, and low. It shows low, so that means that I'm at the tail end of having it in my system for six weeks. So that's why even this morning they came back because... Obviously, I was a little drunk when they were talking to me last night, so they you know, were kind enough to come back in the morning to make sure I understood the uh, situation while I was a little bit more sober. Mm -hmm. And so they were explaining it to me, and, and I was even trying to talk to them through it. I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. The levels I had in my system, I hadn't been taking that drug for a couple weeks before the fight. They're like, no, the levels were so low that you had to have been taking it you know, four to six weeks before the fight. I'm like, during the time you drug tested me, yes. So what you're saying is that what your science here is showing is that the minute you guys drug tested me, I took the opportunity at that moment to go, what are the chances of you guys coming back in the next couple of weeks? And I decided to go ahead and give my physique and my body a jump start, and I started taking these pills, knowing that any idiot can Google them and see that they last in your system for six weeks 
metabolites. And I haven't seen on website, one website where it said 11 to 12 months. And so that being said means I was able to maybe had an, a window of opportunity of a week that I could try to soup my physique up, try to get rid of the belly, I guess, and try to look good, which anybody has seen my last fight. And obviously, uh, I either need to shoot my dealer or uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe I need to take him for more than three or four days. But let's And let's, let's get to that here in just a second in terms of the physique. But just to establish the timeline as, as I'm looking at a calendar, February 2nd uh, was on a Tuesday. And February, of course, is uh, the shortest month of the year. So when, when they told you, because you had that, that lowest possible level score, that what that meant was that you would have had to have ingested this and maybe more importantly stopped ingesting it four to six weeks prior to that positive test, then that's opening a pretty narrow window of opportunity. So basically the the stipulated facts seem to be before we move further that the, the scenario would have had to have been they came here on February 2nd, tested you, you tested clean, uh, then at that point, if, if, if this were true, you would have had to have ingested it for a short period of time, maybe a period of days mm-hmm. and then stops. Correct. Okay. All and right. then that's, and I, and I tried even talking to the, you know, and obviously I'm not here to shoot the messenger, the two individuals yep. that were in my uh, kitchen area, you know, they're just reporting the science, you know, Hey, we hear what you're saying mm-hmm. is basically what I'm being told. Um, I don't have an opinion either way. We're telling you that the molecules in your urine, it's, it's in your system. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and basically, I mean, now I'm suspended for two years. Uh, I am getting the B sample tested and I'm trying to look at routes of even maybe because I asked them if they could try to backtrack the timeline because that's what I'm being told by, you know, Malky. And then he gets your manager, my manager. And then, you know, he now has the lawyer Howard involved and they're like, okay, you got to retrace your steps. Every supplement you take. I'm like, guys, I take a multivitamin, a fish oil pill and an aspirin. There they are. The only other supplements I take is that sometimes when I work out at the gym, the gym I work out at, they have the high school kids working out there. It's like a you know, a PSI type thing there at Gorman, the FTC. They have protein shakes and stuff there for the kids to use that they sponsor for the kids. I walk over you know, on a Tuesday or Thursday when I lift weights. Once a week, I might go drink a protein shake afterwards. Most of the time, I'm running late. I'm going to go meet the wife for lunch because we have a little bit of a break before the kids get out of school. Usually it's a little bit of private time if I'm not too tired, you know, so the protein shake, intimate time with the wife, protein shake loses out quite a bit, you know, so there's really not a lot of supplements I take. I know that people have used that, you know, it's a very viable uh, scapegoat now. You see now in the media, people can sit there and point out, and I've seen other athletes go, well, you know, I didn't know I was taking, you know, I've seen it for years now. Well, I didn't know that this was in this thing, and, and it's, and I understand, and I feel bad for the guy. And, but I can't say the same thing. I wish I could. I wish I could sit there and grab you a bottle and sit there and go, see, this is what I took because I realize that the answer I'm giving them and the answer I'm giving them the manager, they're like, well, how did it get there? I'm like, I have no clue. I know that sounds stupid. I'm not an unintelligent individual. I know that if I said I had an injury and I made a mistake, I was tired of being fat, so that's why now I have a six-pack, which... That would be a viable idea. Like, you know, my physique has been such a troubling issue for the last couple of years. You know, I could see me stepping over to the dark side, you know, that, you know, or seeing someone believe that going, well, Mir's been fat. He showed up in his last fight with a six pack. I believe he did it. Yeah. yeah. You know, because 
when this has been alleged uh, of of other older fighters in the past, it seems like the allegations that have stuck the most or seem to have had the most physical evidence attributed to them are those uh, are those age progression photos where they look reversed, where somebody looks like uh, they're they're in better shape in their mid to late thirties than they did in their early to mid. 20s and yeah. that has not been the case because actually <laughs> thank uh, you, you know, no <laughs> sorry you know i, I yeah, yeah. The, the, hey buddy thanks man no yeah. it's not the case i definitely don't look better now than well, i did five ten years ago I, I actually said a few weeks ago uh on our on our show uh i don't even know if i brought it up on the show or not no you but did I, you were talking about one of the uh did you bring on the show i don't know if, i can't remember sometimes i mix up when we have microphones when we're just right, talking right but somebody had posted a photo on a uh message board that I had seen after the weigh-in for the Telling hunt me to get, fight. No, you did bring it up on the show because we were there on the couch. Yeah. So after he, the Mark Hunt fight and we were know, talking that he, I need to get in shape. I'm like, well, I'm physically in shape. If right. you want to go ahead and grab a, a beer keg and run with it real quick and see if you can outrun me, I'll take on most challengers. Yeah. Um, he had, he had, the guy had But as far as if we had a pose down, if, if we go to the pool this Sunday and they're like, hey, we're having a uh, you know swimsuit competition – I'm not going to fare very well. Let's just be honest. Unless I'm allowed to choke everybody out in the back, and I can win by uh, you know the process of uh, just single elimination. But yeah, they uh, typically don't yeah. don't allow for that. It's uh, but but the guy that posted the the picture. What I remember about it was it was hey Frank, you know you look like this just the other day when you weighed in against Hunt. And what happened to this guy? And it was a picture of you weighing in at UFC 100. And I was like, I don't seven years ago. Yeah, that's what I said. I said I'm I'm guessing, you know, seven, eight years age. of aging well, might know, have and, happened and, to you. And honestly, yeah. I mean other sports allow TUEs that we don't allow now in our sport. Yeah. We used to allow, you know, testosterone and, and USADA actually has it to where certain sports that they allow it in their own sport will allow TUEs for testosterone, allow TUEs for growth hormone. So sometimes when you see those athletes, you know, like, hey, man, that guy's 35 to 40. He looks great. I'm all, mm-hmm. guys, that's not Mother Nature. Let's go back to the 1930s and 1940s. When did you hear of a 40-year-old world champion? Like, you know, you would have the rarities and you might have an outlier, but it wasn't common as it is nowadays where you see so many more people in that area. And so... That's why I think the physiques in the UFC, we look the way we look. I mean, some of the guys in the lighter weight classes that cut weight, but the heavyweights typically, guys get 260 and they're 35 to 40 years of age. You know, it's a little bit harder to hold a six-pack. And, you know, I mean, it's not impossible. I'm sure if you killed yourself with your diet and your exercise, you could. But barring taking anything extracurricular activity as far as uh, drugs, it's very hard to attain. I mean, most your blue collar people will tell you that hey, they go to the gym for a year, four or five times a day. They don't look like they're ready for a muscle and fitness contest. So let's talk about the physique because I, I think the overall point of, of this part of the discussion is that the the body looks natural and and you've actually um, you've actually had some well documented struggles with that as far as you know wanting to. Uh, be be lighter, wanting to you know be on top of nutrition and that sort of thing. But I think for for That's purposes, a slow process when you do yeah. it the right way. But I think for purposes of this conversation, what we're saying is the the photographic evidence looks natural, actually yeah. not not and unnatural. The other thing that when people talk about it, I'm looking at it. I don't get a win bonus. I mean, people right now can look at my contract with the UFC. Right. I get a flat fee. That means, guys, when I show up to a fight, win or lose, I get paid the same. So. Besides the physique aspect of it, that would be the only motivation I would have to take a drug. Um, 
look at the picture of what I looked at on the scale. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to take a drug, then you're going to take it. You're going to commit to it. Why would you take it, not get any results off of it, and then stop taking it to try to beat a test that you can't beat anyways because it's six weeks out? It doesn't make sense. That's the part that, like, I was trying to explain to the guys. I'm like, you know, they're asking me to help me explain how this ended up in my system. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not a physician. I'm not a doctor. Why don't you guys tell me how it could have ended up in my system? Is there, you know, a nasal spray that I could have done? I mean, you know, is there food? I mean, I ate kangaroo and crocodile and everything else down there in Australia because, you know, I'm pretty open-minded. Could that, you know, is meat tainted? Is that an opportunity? And they're like, well, you know, we have documented cases down in Mexico. Now we realize that their clombuterol levels down there are high, but we have nothing for Australia. I'm like, yeah, but I'm sure the first guy that popped for clombuterol in Mexico they didn't have a documented case either. So I'm like, help me figure this out. And really, I mean, the stance is that you're guilty till proven innocent. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have the molecule in my system. I have no clue. I wish I did. I wish I had some viable excuse for why I did it because I know how society is. Every athlete who's ever been popped, if they deny it vehemently, it never fucking goes away. It stays on them. Yeah. The guys that sit there and go, yeah, I did it, I made a mistake, I won't do it again, there's the slap on the wrist and our society seems to be able to move on. I'm not dumb, I'm telling you I understand that formula. But there's also that part of me that when we talked about last week when John got pulled over and he didn't wasn't drag racing and that anger you get, that's how I feel now. It's like, man, I don't wanna cop to it and sit there. Even right now, I told my wife, she's like, well what if when you go to arbitration, you know, right now you have a two year suspension, but if you keep denying it, what if it goes up to four years? I'm all, then it goes to four years. I'm mm -hmm. not going to lie and say that I took something knowingly that I didn't take. Mm -hmm. You know, and then they asked me like, you know, hey, do you have anybody new in your training camp that could have given you something? I'm like, no, I'm not dumb. Who sits there and gets injections from somebody that they're somewhat familiar with? The only injections I've received are from a physician. I've gone and had my knee surgery, so I've had cortisone shots, you know, all documented. I have them put them down. I do the Myers cocktail is probably the most exotic thing I do, and I don't even use an IV bag. They pump it directly out of the bottle and go right into the artery because they're only allowed 50 cc's pumped into you because of USADA. So I'm like, guys, I follow that rule. And that rule, mm -hmm. I mean, probably at my body weight, me doing a bag of saline once a week, I doubt that, you know, that's ever going to become an issue, you know, especially not close to a fight. And I still try to follow the accordingly. And that's what makes this the so IV frustrating. The IV ban. Yeah, mm -hmm. the IV ban. I'm not using it to rehydrate. I was just doing it just because it's easier to get the uh, vitamins in your body. So for, for the purposes of your defense, we talked about the physique um and you know lack of motivation well and, well, I mean, and we, i want to hold on because i want to get to that for yeah, just because, a second. i want to okay. i want to i want to really make sure we document that part of it because as far as the physique goes and you know your your comments on on social media um you know i, I a lot of people make that point again you know not to nobody's trying to wants to beat you up about your body but i mean this is the this is the thing you know you've been very candid about it about you know you're wanting to come in lighter and things like that and that's a point that a lot of people are making in those comments is you know hey the physical evidence just doesn't tell me that uh he showed up all of a sudden looking you know the body of a uh, somebody that's 10 years no, younger like out I of said the that blue. i have a new nutritionist now okay. i've dropped 40 pounds i'm shredded i'm like 10 percent right. body fat I'm all, so, I mean, if anything, I made improvements in this last fight from what I looked like against Andre Olosky. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to look at what I looked like when I fought Andre and what I looked like when I fought Mark, I look better. I've improved. Nothing drastic. It isn't yeah. like it's like, hey, man, how did you drop 30 pounds of body fat in four months? It's like, 
Well, no, I actually probably dropped, you know, 20 pounds of overall body weight. Probably, you know, eight of it was water retention from just being bloated. I probably dropped two or three pounds of muscle just because you go to catabolic state and maybe dropped 10 pounds of fat in, since September. That's two pounds a month. That's not really a crazy drug-induced state to be in. So one thing I think that's really important to look at is is motive and or lack thereof. And you touched on the financial aspect of this a minute ago, but I think we, we should take another look at it because a lot of people may not realize well, that you have— Especially if I'm not on a pay-per-view. Like well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You have uh, one of the, uh, you know, w- one of the nicest setups in the UFC because you know you're you're the most tenured fighter. You're a, a two-time former heavyweight champion. So so as you said, you get paid win or lose the same show money. That's documented. Um, you're in the top tier of the Reebok money. You're one of only a, a few people. Well, it, it, non-champion top tier as far as tenure, right. right? One of one of only a few people there. And so there's not, if you look at what was on the line financially in this fight against Mark Hunt, a win versus a loss, he came in ranked number nine. You came in ranked number 10. It was essentially a fight to stay in the top 10 for one of you. Yes. Um, and it's not like there would have been uh, a title shot no. for the winner with points on the pay-per-view uh, for, for the winner and therefore you know, millions of dollars possibly at no. stake. Okay. Yeah, we're on a Fox card. I'm not getting pay-per-view buys. Right. So okay. winning or doing any kind of showcase isn't worth it. I mean, mm-hmm. and I've sat in the office of Jeff Nguyen. I've seen what the drug tests look like. I've passed about four of them now, four urine, yeah. two blood tests since USADA's became involved. They... I mean, it's not. It's not for the faint of heart. It's you know. It's they are staring at your equipment as you're peeing into a cup. There is no. I'll turn my back and you can. You know, I'll hand you the cup when I'm done. Uh-huh. You know, you got to be pretty comfortable with yourself. You're there. You know, it's, it's definitely a show and tell moment. And then the blood tests, a random blood test. How do you fake that? So knowing all those factors, you can't get away with it. So that- and I know that. And then on top of that. The drug test that I don't get away with is the one that I know that it's coming. It isn't like yeah. I failed a random drug test after the fight. They're like, oh, well, you know, well, Mir, of course you passed the one at the fight. Yeah. You've been fighting for 15 years. You know you're getting drug tested the day of the fight, your main event. When do you not get drug tested? I'm like, no, you're right. But then if they showed up three days later at my house or three days before the fight, that would throw me off. I'm like, well, you know, it, it could happen, but I don't know when it's going to happen. But uh, that might catch a guy who's trying to dope with his pants down. But as far as if you get caught the night of the fight, it's like you're an idiot. So, I mean, basically I have to admit that, well, I'm stupid. You yeah. know, like I'm not smart enough to get past this. So, uh, you know, I, I think it is uh, also important to talk about, you mentioned Jeff Nowitzki who uh, oversees the whole uh program for the UFC with the USADA testing. And I think it's important to acknowledge that we're in the midst of that era of testing because probably nobody knows better than you having, you know, the fact that nobody's been around longer than you, what, how how much of a wild frontier uh, MMA used to be versus how it's regulated now. And here's what I have heard from people. uh, And this is not, not coming from you. I've, I've heard this from other people, other fighters, other people involved in the business. And you tell me your thoughts here that 
at points in the past, it's been a cat and mouse game. You know, it's uh, they start cracking down for a while and then they improve the the drugs and then the drug users can can prevail for a while and then they figure out a way to catch that, etc. But everybody seems to tell me now that uh, at least at the current state of things in the USADA testing, that you're just you're just going to get caught if you're doing it. You're just going to get caught. So therefore, you'd have to be pretty stupid to try it. And uh, although nobody's owning up to not using anymore, we certainly are seeing some smoothed out physiques. We're seeing some people, yeah. you know, alter weight classes well, and things like that. Look at I the mean, media. we talked about it a year ago when mm-hmm. drug tests started busting everybody because of the random drug testing. Back when I first started in the UFC, we never got randomly drug tested. The yeah. first time I ever experienced that was when the Nevada Athletic Commission randomly drug tested us uh, right before I fought Dos Santos. And that's the reason why I got the fight was because it was two months before the fight. We all go stand up on stage. It's myself, who was a big country, uh, Bigfoot. Yeah, that was the pay-per-view. It was going to be all heavyweights on the main card, right. that one. Uh, and Cain Velasquez. All yeah. of a sudden, we're up on stage. I get a tap on the shoulder, and it's one of the guys from the athletic commission going side by side with uh, it was um, Hendricks uh, saying, "Hey, don't go nowhere." I'm like, "Oh, okay. What's up? As soon as you're done, you're going to go drug test." So we all got pulled up into a hotel room and got surprise drug test. It wasn't allowed to run off. I passed that drug test. I passed the random drug tests that have occurred with USADA right now. Those are the drug tests that are hard to beat because. You don't have time to cycle off of whatever you're going to take. You know that you're going to get busted, right? You don't know they're coming. They don't know you're coming. Passing a drug test. So that's what I'm saying. You've seen guys that can pass the fight day drug test, but they can't pass the random one. Mm-hmm. And now you have a situation where I'm looking at people going, well, I can pass the random one, but the one that I knew about, that's the one that got me. Mm-hmm. That's the one that I couldn't pass, the one that I had time to prepare for and, you know, and, and figure out what to do. Why? Well, if I'm going to be a cheater, do you think I'm that stupid? I mean, I choose not to be a cheater, but if I wanted to enter into that realm, I think that I would be pretty decent at it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a pretty articulate guy. I can think things through. I mean, Google search isn't a hard thing to use. Yeah. So, Frank, you know, you, you called me and you told me about this, and, and I haven't talked to anybody about this yet. I mean, we pretty much it was a few hours ago, so I came straight over and we sat down and you said you wanted to record this so we could we could put it out. Um, so, but as I've thought it through in my head, you know, I've, I've sort of relived moments, uh, throughout the, the last training camp when I've been around and, you know, we will work out at the same gym and we take the podcast and all that kind of stuff, but, but, you know, private training situations, not open to the, to the public. And, you know, one of the thoughts that came to mind again, because, you know, we're, we're speaking candidly and I, I don't think anybody, uh, is going to call into question your your uh, your your Hall of Fame uh, credentials in terms of of your record, but you know there were moments where I thought you know I I think you're having a tough camp. I think you're having a tough no, day. I had an awful camp. I think uh, yeah you know and there there were sparring sessions. Of course nobody's talking about sparring sessions outside the gym, but I mean is, yeah. if you don't mind me allowing, I just think that you know it's not. Here's the first thought that came to mind. I thought if if I personally thought that this, that I had seen evidence of, of that type of performance enhancement, what I would think in retrospect I would do is I would look back on it and go, man, Frank was having all these weight struggles and he was having these endurance struggles or whatever. 
And all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, out of thin air, he just comes in and he's Turning killing every yeah. sparring partner in here. But I can't figure out how he's doing it. And then maybe if this other shoe dropped, uh, you know, maybe you'd go, oh, okay. okay. The, the dots connect now. You follow? So no, to totally. me, so I guess what I'm saying is I had, and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, as doing the show together, but also having a friendship together. I mean, there's a lot of things, especially in, in training and, and gyms and stuff that I'm not, you know, gonna, gonna share. I mean, unless we both choose to talk oh, about you're it. You're privy air. to some information that yes. I ask you not to step out of right, the right. friendship realm into the journalist realm and share with the world. Right. But, but that so me looking like shit during camp and struggling and, and making maybe two practices a week because I'm so injured. Yeah, that was something I'm glad you didn't share with people. But yeah. you got to see it, and it wasn't like I made a m miraculous turnaround. I think that two weeks before the fight, I mean, even Travis Brown, he came and sparred with me. It was like, what, two weeks before yeah. I left for the fight? I was I didn't there. train but one more time since that session because I was so – I took a full week off after that because I'm like, guys, I'm telling you, you got the train. I, I can't recover. Yeah. I just don't feel it. Nothing that I think that anybody who was juicing would not be having that conversation – or they're not really taking what they think they're taking. Yeah, because again, we go back to uh, what the the the, uh, the the drug the the steroid uh, is is meant to do, which is to increase stamina and recovery, and that's right. definitely. Not, not what I saw. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, you know, buddy. A, so you've called me fat <laughs> and out of shape and old. You're like, your age progression pictures do you justice. You are obviously no. not taking shit that works. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, this it's all relative. I mean, you. Uh, I, I, I think there's a lot of guys who are on the verge of being 37 that uh, wish they looked like Frank Mir. But uh, but it, it, it's all relative to uh, to natural age progression, like we said. But also, and, and this is the reason I'm just, I, I, I feel like I can, you know, pull back the curtain on a couple of things like that is because that's anecdotal evidence or, or eyewitness accounts, firsthand views that I had. And now as I, you know, you, you got to, I always, I put myself in this mindset of like, what if everybody knew, what if everybody that's going to just read a story, read a headline, whatever, what if they could have seen what I've seen? And then I start thinking about what I've seen. I start thinking about this day or I start thinking about that day. And what do I have to add it all up to? What does it look like to me? And I've got a couple instances like that. I'm not saying you look like you, you know, were an oh, amateur a couple good or days in there. Sure. But but I'm saying that that I know what I didn't see. What I didn't see was I don't know how we explain, you know, what's going on here. This looks unnatural. It was actually quite the opposite. It was like, man, Here's a guy that's a surefire Hall of Famer that's, uh, you know, he's fought longer than anybody uh, else in the UFC. He's one of the older guys in the UFC, and and time's going to catch up with everybody, you know. And, and you, right. I, th I think he got a couple of great years left for sure, but all that being said, I knew that was more what I was seeing as uh -huh. opposed to something that's inexplicable. <laughs> that's kind of how I was feeling. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Well, we're, we're, we're on the same page there. Yeah, now, and then, so, I mean, but then it comes down to this, and this is the part – that is driving me insane. That's why I was yeah. telling you earlier about if right now if someone egged my car, you said, hey, you can either get revenge on the guy that did it, but he'll be wearing a mask, and you'll never know who it was that did that to your car, or I'll give you a name, but you can't get even with the guy. Well, I'm going to want to know who did it. 
knowledge is you know just how I am. I like to mm-hmm. know things. I'm an inquisitive human being. So not knowing how the molecule ended up in my body is driving me insane. Mm-hmm. I know how it sounds. I'm not stupid. If I was on the other side of this right now and some guy goes, hey, you got popped for a molecule, something, a metabolite was inside your system, and of course you're denying it. Who wouldn't deny it? Everybody denies it. And then on top of that, you don't even have a good excuse. You're like, no, you're just going to stick with the I don't know. Yeah. Has that ever worked for you? I'm like, nah, my dad never really bought that one either. But most of the time it's because I was lying. Mm. But in this situation, I don't know. I can't account for everything that gets put in my body. I go to a restaurant, I eat. That's like sitting there going, hey, man, has anybody ever spit in your food? Can you Mm -hmm. prove to me that no one's ever spit in your food? Can you prove to me every time you've ever eaten out, you've never ingested someone's spit? No waiter or cook in the back ever got pissed at you, didn't like the way you looked, or maybe you rightfully so didn't like the way you treated them, and they spit in your food? Yeah. Who can make that guarantee? And basically now with USADA in this situation where I'm saying, hey, this metabolite shows I wasn't on a cycle. I tested clean six weeks before, and now I have a metabolite that was from six weeks there, so such a small window. I'm telling you that somehow something in my body got tainted and came in. I'm giving you the supplements I take. I don't really think it's that route because it's the same supplements I've been taking for the last couple years. Mm -hmm. I don't really change things around too much. I'm a pretty simple guy, but as far as, you know, if you sit there and go, okay, they're asking me to try to account for every restaurant I ate at. I'm like, are you serious? I couldn't tell you what T-shirt I wore yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I got to try to remember what restaurants. I mean, I can remember a couple because I ate kangaroos. Well, that was and, a little strange. So I was, mean, yeah, I was going to say, too, I guess I guess be, trying to uh, be tasked with doing that is going to be further complicated by the fact that there was international travel involved. It's not like the whole time you were here in Vegas and you ate your three favorite restaurants. No, so. not at all. I mean, I, I, I repeated the same one several times over and yeah. over again. You know, we always ate breakfast downstairs at the uh, hotel with everybody else. Then lunch was kind of, you know, a couple times we ate across the street, we ate sushi. A lot of the times I went to the Pig and Whistle, we ate there. I kept getting lamb. You know, then one of the times the guys took us to go eat at that Tuca's place where I had like crocodile appetizers. And I think we ate... uh, uh, that's when I had the kangaroo as my main meal. It's breaking it, my vegan heart here, Frank. <laughs> Go, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Sorry, man. But uh, I was trying different <laughs> things out. Yeah. And so uh, to sit there and say, well, you know, you have to be accountable for, especially because it's the levels. That's what I'm trying to look at. I'm like, yeah. guys, if I popped for levels where it's like, hey, man, you're obviously, this isn't like a trace, you know, metabolite. Yeah. You got this in your system. I mean, when before, when I was on TUE and I took Sipinate, when they you know drug tested me, Sipinate showed up in abundance, not over the allowed amount that I was allowed to have, but it wasn't like it's like, well, you got to trace them out. Like even the Adderall in my system, it shows that I have a full dosage of Adderall in my system. There was no denying it. It's because I really took the pill. I really, that's me. I, I wrote it down. I said, even the other prescription drugs I took, like, you know, Flexerol, Muscle Relaxer, it was a 14-hour flight, man. I took a Valium. You know, mm-hmm. I wrote it all down. I tried to really cover myself, you know, uh, you know, for A to Z. You know, cross my T's, dot my eyes, and and to sit there now. You know, being you know, I, I was in Australia for four days right after the drug test occurred. I went down and did the promo. I can't tell you. I couldn't tell you a single restaurant I remember eating at. You know, I even called over James to see, do you remember? And you, you just kind of look your, at him. Uh, training partner. Yeah, James that's who Warren. I traveled. I'm like, do you remember where we ate? I got to try mm-hmm. to write down all the different places we went. And even if I can figure it out, let's say somehow someone could document where I went. You're telling me Usada is going to go down and on my behalf 
try to test all the different meats to see if, well, you know, kangaroos are wild and this guy wanted to beef them up. So he bought something that was very abundant. The studying that I did, the oral tyrannobol can be bought in powdered form that you could put it on the food and you, you bulk up your livestock and then you, you can sell it into the stores because now you get more bang for your buck because an animal that takes two years to reach maturity, you know, muscle weight, now in four months he's bigger than he's ever going to be and you slaughter him. Mm-hmm. It's a common practice. I don't know. I'm not even pointing the finger anyway. I'm just saying there's so many loopholes for me to sit there and go, where did it come from? Hell, man, I don't know. I really don't. All I know is that I didn't willingly take anything, and I just point to all the other incidental evidence. I'm like, I realize the the metabolite's there. I I wish I had a good explanation, but I do know that I don't feel superhuman. I didn't have a great camp. I blew out my, I popped my knee. I popped my AC joint. Um, I I had documented quarterone shots for those things. Uh, You know, I lost a little bit of weight nothing drastic it wasn't like i showed up ready to go ahead and go and by the way guys you too can look like frank Mir buy my book coming out july 31st mm-hmm. i don't think anybody's buying my cookbook anytime soon so when you you know we we talk about like uh food and you know international travel and all that sort of thing give everybody an idea even at at an elite level you know on the biggest of all stages what what daily training and travel is like in terms of how isolated and protected are you versus how open and potentially vulnerable you are to, I mean, we've already talked about the food situation, but let's even talk about like, like water bottles at the gym, things like that. Like for oh, example, yeah. for example, at our gym, uh, Ricky Lundell's running around writing everybody's name on yeah, their real water bottle all the time, but with good reason, because if we're not careful, there's 20 unclaimed half consumed bottles of real water sitting around. So, so we do that, but that's not going to be the case yeah. at every, well, and uh, the gym I trained out, you know, uh, Ross was a great guy. I don't think that he would ever do anything to uh to hurt me or hurt any other fighter over but, in australia yeah down in australia i trained at his gym that's where i trained out every day mm-hmm. leading up to it so for 10 days we're there he was very gracious and brought us tons of bottles of water but uh you know he would have people come in and i'm a nice guy you know a couple guys he came in that he said that he knew i i could never even re- tell you who they were mm-hmm. even if they were sitting here right now i'd be like oh that's that guy but it was three or four guys and as long as you don't pick up your cell phone and videotape me you can sit there they're sitting next to the water bottle. They're hanging out there. But, I mean, did I see anybody touch anything? No. Yeah. Are there people there exposed to me? Well, yeah. But, I mean, it isn't like I'm Mayweather. I don't have 15 bodyguards around me to keep everybody away from me where I'm, you know, Mayweather sits there and goes, well, someone slipped something in my drink. I'm like, really? The 15 guys you have with you, let somebody get something in your drink? Well, you need to start rehiring people. Yeah. It's me, James, Angelo, and Ricky. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Ricky is, you know, on his iPad or, you know, laptop – trying to figure out the next, you know, equation to take down combination right. to submission. Angelo, you know, is in the boxing world. It's me and James basically were more on that level talking and hanging out as far as, you know, just like, hey, man, so what happened with the wife the other day? Oh, yeah, this. It goes, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. that's the situation we're in. And, you know, people step on the mat. I showed moves a couple times. There was a couple people training, and we'd show there. Even James went and taught a private lesson when I went off and got taken to the chiropractor for a little bit to work on my neck. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so so let's talk about what this means for the immediate future. So the the A sample tests positive, the B sample is going to be tested. I asked them to test it just for right. the sake of arguing that maybe because that was another question I asked. I'm like, hey, did anybody else pop? Because 
the first thing that when I spoke to Jeff Nowinski, I'm like, when I called him last night, I'm like, mm -hmm. they say that I take in this drug. He goes, oh, that's extremely common in Australia. I'm like, and Jeff Nowinski said that that this this for methylcholine again, you know, right. whatever is extremely this common. steroid extremely common in Australia, extremely yeah. common in Australia. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, OK, well, I only have metabolite in my system in a low range. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I didn't start juicing 10 days before the fight. I don't think I would just show up with a metabolite or I would have to have something else in my system. I even looked at how could I get it out? And then and it points to, and that's why diuretics are, I always wondered that myself, why diuretics are banned from competition, but it's because they're a masking agent. Mm -hmm. You could take a bunch of drugs and if you take a diuretic, you can flush your system out. And that way you can try to eliminate any of these uh, metabolites. Well, guess what? I don't have any masking agents in my blood, in my urine. I didn't take anything to try to eliminate the fact that I was on something. So this is, uh, so we wait now for the B sample to be tested. Uh, in the meantime, there is, is, is a provisional suspension in place that of course yeah. would be lifted if you're exonerated. I'm already but, guilty. but as of right now, <laughs> it's a two year suspension. Two year suspension. And uh, I was supposed to do Fox, uh, the uh, pre-fight and post-fight uh, show. And then, uh, this you know, weekend, yeah, this weekend. And so, you know, once the Osada left my house about an hour later, I'm, I even told the wife, I'm like, do I go to Fox? Like, what do I do? Like, yeah. And uh, UFC answered that for me. They, uh, I got the phone call letting me know that as long as I'm suspended, that uh, I can't commentate or do any kind of work in that aspect. So basically now for the next two years, um, again, going back to financial advantage, I made the same amount of money in the fight, whether I won or lost or how I looked, but I took the risk, I guess, is what they're saying of trying to take this metabolite or take the substance that now I won't make any income through martial arts, uh, for the next two years, which, you know, I'm a pretty well-spoken guy, but I don't have a college education. Uh, me making money in other avenues is not going to be quite as easy as walking into the octagon. If this were to hold, because uh, you're going to be you're going to be 37 in May, right? Yep. You and my grandmother have the same birthday. Um, if this holds, then I'll be I'm, 39 when I come back. Yeah, and that's if they only stick the two years. Yeah, I mean, have you thought about? Did you even allow yourself to think about that at this point? That that what would what would coming back to fight at thirty nine after two years be like? Well, no, I mean basically, you know, uh, if the B sample comes back, and I don't see any way how I'm gonna explain, you know, backtracking. I mean, I know the lawyer and Malky are like, you know, we got to figure out everywhere you ate and everything you put in your body for the last six weeks. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. Ask my wife. I, I'm lucky that I can figure out where the car is in the driveway half the time. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, there's no way. I don't remember. I don't log things down like that. You know, I mean, half the time I don't know where I'm going to eat five minutes before I eat. Or we just go back to the same place. I, you know, that's in hindsight, maybe that's not the best idea to always frequent the same place four or five times when I'm out of town uh, and set up a pattern. You know, if anybody's out to get you, that definitely would not be the way to avoid that problem. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so, uh, basically, uh, this is retirement for me. You know, I don't see any other way around it. You think this, this might end up being it then? Yeah. That was if probably my last time fighting them, uh, retire. And then, uh, maybe, uh, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I've always wanted to be a police officer. I like the fire department. I don't know. Get into something else. You realize that this is going to be the first time when people hear this because, 
they they brought up retirement talk before. I mean, we, you and I were just talking about it with Chael a couple right. of weeks ago when Chael Sonnen was on uh, phone booth fighting, and he was saying, "Hey, you know, that's it's ridiculous to be talking about that at this point uh, with you." But, uh, but, but in light of these new developments, you realize this is the first time that people are going to hear you say or talk about retirement in the the possible affirmative. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't see any other way around it. I mean, uh, age is already catching up to me now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not going to get any younger in the next two years. And um, so, you know, without being able to do any of the type of treatments that other athletes and, and people are able to do where they can go to a, you know, endocrinologist and do any kind of uh, treatments for hypogondalism, you know, get you know, their testosterone, you know, up to that of a 25-year-old, 30-year-old, or get their growth hormone up to a normal level, not of somebody who's received several TBIs like I have. Um, you know, uh, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I'll retire, and then, I'll, you know, I'll go that route again, you know, that I did before, uh, you know, with the Athletic Commission mm -hmm. when I went to a physician and had them govern my blood levels and, and, and make sure that I'm a healthy person for my uh, – my uh, you know future well-being and that way I mean I can go back to training actually probably at a, at a pretty steady level and enjoying martial arts again and not being so uh, beat up by it and uh, you know be able to train with the kids maybe open up my own gym uh, you know do something along that sorts uh, you know uh, I'm not a dumb guy I, I, the, the writings on the wall you know the, the the suspensions already in the molecules there and I mean, it's already been 24 hours and I'm no closer to trying to figure out, even point someone in the right direction of what could have led to that. I mean, they're, you know, the questions they asked were almost absurd. Like, I'm like, really, do people say that? Like, well, you know, did you have a new trainer in your camp that might've been giving you injections of something that he told you it wasn't what you thought it was? Yeah. I'm all, does that work ever? I mean, could I really sit here and tell somebody that, yeah, man, he just told me that he was giving me uh, amino acids. No, the only person that injects me is either a registered nurse or a physician who's licensed. And the reason why I trust those people to do those things, because there's a lot of school behind that, even a registered nurse. There's a lot of time and sweat and hours of uh, waking up and staying awake that have been put behind that. They're not going to slip me something to help me go look a little better to get the same amount of money in a fight and then lose their license. Mm -hmm. There's no way. I told them, I'm like, you can go and talk to my physicians. I 100% know that they did nothing wrong. There's no way. There's no way in the world that a physician would risk his license to help me out. I mean, I can see this. All of a sudden, they're like, hey, man, uh, we're going to set up a super fight. Lennox Lewis is coming out of retirement. He wants to fight an MMA guy. Frank, you win your next fight, and it's you. And we're going to give you $5 million. That's tempting, man. I understand that. No, you have that. a financial incentive. There's an incentive, you know what I mean? And I get that, you know? That's why when I see young athletes who get busted for stuff, and it's like, well, why did that guy out of college take something? I'm like, well, geez, man. It was the difference between him being on the scout team and maybe making $300,000 in his career or – signing a guarantee of three or four million dollar contract for the next two years who isn't tempted you know when there's that prospect put in front of them and i go back and again bring that up i'm like i don't have that prospect i didn't make any more money if i would have went out and choked mark hunt unconscious i wasn't going to get another guy it wasn't like i was next in line to go fight verdum yeah you know i was still probably three fights away from fighting for a title so to to sum up your position um it sounds like and you you 
correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you're saying, on the one hand, don't know where this came from. No, um, I'm not that's, denying that it's not there. That's it's number there. one. Okay, science is there. I'm a scientist. Yeah, it's there. It's what it is. Don't know where this came from. I didn't intentionally ingest this. That's no. point number one. And I didn't do it. And I don't want to leave that open to where I say I didn't intentionally do this. And I'm not being vague in the aspect that. Well, you know, and I take this one supplement that I don't know where it came from, but this guy gave it to me. He seems like a really cool guy. Maybe it was that. Like, no, yeah. everything I put in my body, I'm pretty sure, you know, without mm -hmm. any kind of, you know, barring gremlins and aliens, mm -hmm. I know it's nothing wrong. At point number two, and I think this is a, a compelling part of the position, is that there's an absolute lack of financial motive to do it in your particular case. Nope. Uh, you make good money. What's it called? Who's the Who's the company? You see the guys that look good without their shirts on? Chippendales? No, not the Chippendales. Where do your head goes there every well, time? That, that's a you company. go to one male strip club and look what happened to you. No. <laughs> that's a company. Those guys. No, look no, good you know the guys, the young kids. On. You know what I mean? Like Abercrombie and Finch. No, oh. Abercrombie and Finch. Was oh yeah, not that's totally different. Chippendales and Abercrombie and Finch. Yeah. I dare to say there's a big difference, but. Uh, <laughs> you could but, argue which one's more homoerotic. <laughs> Go ahead. But neither one were knocking on my door. Yeah. It wasn't like I had a yeah. uh, you know a feature dance going on when yeah. I got back. Going, hey guys, I'm going to start you know converting my career over into the Chippendale world. Mm -hmm. Or you know, hey, I, I, it would have been appropriate. What is it? The uh, Australia Down Under. The uh, boys Thunder Down Under. Thunder Down Under. <laughs> You know, that's just down the road. If you need a second career, I don't know. It's looking like it. All right. Now, now I also think that a lot of people are going to hear this, and they're going to think that uh, you are taking this surprisingly well. Yeah. <laughs> hey, babe, was I taking – my wife didn't leave me today because she was convinced – and it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, but then I understood why. Mm -hmm. Is uh, I have a couple million dollar life insurance policy, and uh, I made the mistake of investigating that once you're past two years, if you were to accidentally off yourself, um, the family still gets the money. So today, the state of mind that I was in after Usada left, my wife didn't leave my side. She wouldn't. I would. I went into the bedroom. I even tried to shut the door to have a little private time. And my wife walked in on there and just she wasn't rude about it. But she saw that I was laughing and crying a mixture of the two probably together at the same time, screaming in rage and anger. And she didn't you didn't trust me to be by myself, did you? Nope. I, <laughs> she's out here right now. Keeping an eye on me. <laughs> why, why, why do you think you're taking it so well? Well, right now, and I, I mean, don't know that you are taking it well, but no, what I no. mean is, you're not. Uh, well, one, I don't have a guilty conscience. Yeah, I really didn't do anything. I've competed for 15 years. I've passed every drug test they put in front of me. I mean, I can't be. I mean, no one's gonna. I mean, at this point, they can sit there and go, "Well, you just you happen to get caught on this one." I've never taken PEDs. I don't take them. I don't need them. I've been a pretty big guy my whole life. People that went to high school with me, you know, here on, uh, in, in Vegas, I graduated high school. I weighed 250 pounds, six foot three, Nevada State champion. I was all star football player, uh, track and field through the discus, had the record for, you know, up until a couple of years ago. I, I've been pretty athletic most of my life, picked up jujitsu pretty quickly, um, had a pretty decent career in MMA, you know. Um, so I, I didn't need that edge. Mm -hmm. The only edge I can see, and, and uh, look, I look at guys like, you know, I, I'm not going to throw people under the bus, but there's certain movie stars that I look at. I go to the movies, I'm like, man, 
I wish I could take what that guy's taking to look that way. Yeah. You know, I'm like, hey, when I retire, I've said that to my wife how many times? Hey, when I retire, I'm going to go to the doctor and make sure that I get on X, Y, and Z and, you know, have that kind of physique and do these things the right way. And, you know, I'm going to battle Mother Nature, you know, tooth and nail. But I don't have that. You know, you had to make a choice. You either fight or you go that route. Well, mm -hmm. I'd still choose to fight. Mm -hmm. So that's why I haven't gone down that avenue. And so as far as, you know, taking a well, it's like one of those things where it's like, what am I going to do? I'm like that guy. I guess I've hit that certain level now of the uh, crisis where it's like, I'm going to die. It's like, yeah, death's looking right at you, man. It's coming. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll smile back at it, man. Because, you know, I, when I first tell you that you're going to have something bad's going to happen to you, you know, no, no, no. And that's exactly what I did when they first told me. I was like, it's not me. It's not my urine. Are you sure? I went and got the paperwork, came back. I'm like, well, these are my numbers. Are you sure that they're numbers? And then when they told me that the B sample is going to get tested, I'm like, yes, test it. Is it going to be flown here? They're like, no, it's in Tokyo. I'm like, wait a minute. So, which I thought was kind of a uh, an fu. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you have the right to see the B sample tested. I'm like, cool. So you guys are gonna, you know, ship it down here? No. Well, what do you mean? Like, I mean, I don't mind driving to L.A. or Texas, or I'll take a flight. I mean, heck, I'll go to New York if I have to. No, it's gonna be in Tokyo. Okay, what are the chances I'm gonna get down to Tokyo to go see this for now? Yeah. I'm like, come on. I mean, you guys couldn't have made it. So well, somebody from the lab who is will will represent you and watch the procedure i'm all wait a minute they don't have any incentive to help me out their incentives the same as the lab are they going to sit there and go hey man you didn't change your gloves the right way after the test you you know like anybody else i mean i'm a scientist but the reason why results are repeated over and over again because there's a certain margin of error it's very limited and very small but human error is a truthful thing people make mistakes I'm not saying that, that someone made the mistake. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. But, I mean, if the results were night and day or black and white, then why do a B sample? Just to amuse us? Oh, yeah. you mean somebody's made a mistake in the past, so they divide the sample in two to make sure that we avoid that, you know, because you want a control factor in there. Uh that's what happens. But I mean, that's not going to be the case. So now I told them to retest it again, but I'm not going to be there. They're going to appoint somebody from the lab to, to I guess, represent me. But uh, that's, you know, so they're going to go out there and see it. And, and that's going to come back with the metabolite. If it's, if it's inconclusive, then I'm innocent. And I guess I get a, uh, you know, uh, hey, man, sorry yeah. <laughs> uh, statement. Or it's going to come back, the metabolite's there, and I'm back down to square one where, I have to explain where this metabolite came from. I don't have a good story. I, I, I don't. So it is what it is. The punishment's coming. You know, there's nothing I can do. So I'm going to I'm going to conclude my my comments on a on a personal level. And I want you to have the last word here to say anything to, you know, people who are going to be listening. Um, but, you know, you so you called me today. And when you told me about this yeah. and story just broke a couple hours ago and all this. And you, you said something to me that surprised me to the point. I didn't even realize that's what you were saying at first. And I want, I want you to explain this. I was this still kind of crying at that time, dude. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was trying not to completely ball and sober. Like, I haven't talked to my other lawyer, uh, George <laughs> and he kept going, hello, hello. Uh -huh. Cause I didn't want to keep breaking up on the phone. So I'm sitting there doing the pause and hold off for yeah. a few seconds, take a deep breath. You know, and then I would repeat two or three more words and then have to take a breath again. And yeah. Tell me what you said, though, about the podcast, what you asked me about. 
Well, our, I explained, I said, hey, you don't have to talk about whether the podcast, the direction the podcast is going to be going. Uh, you know, here's the situation. You know, basically, you know, the situation I'm in, it looks bad, you know. Uh, I acknowledge that it looks horrible. How do I explain this metabolite? I don't have a good story for you. I have no explanation, no rationale for how, uh, you know, I can't uh, account for it. Mm -hmm. And so that being said, you know, you know, now that you know, and because of the position you have in the world and you're a professional and, you know, you have people to take care of also in your life. I think the analogy I brought up earlier or later on today when we were eating inside was that uh, I'm like your buddy. I just stepped in shit, you know, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, I stepped in shit. Don't give me a ride. You know what I mean? Like, and you, you're here, you're the, you pull over and you're like, hey, man, jump in. I'm like, nah, man, I just stepped in shit, man. You might want to keep on going. I'm going to have to walk this one by myself. And, and I responded by saying, I'm you your- actually beat me at my analogies, mm-hmm. which, you know, it was pretty impressive. Uh, uh, you said that, no, I'm going to go ahead and let you jump in my car, and I'm going to drive you down and get a new pair of shoes. That's right. I was like, wow, that was actually so, pretty impressive. Well, I did not understand when uh, you called me at first. I was breaking up with you. Yeah, no, I didn't Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even grasp that that's... When you said, let's talk about the direction... I'm not good at breaking up with people. <laughs> I thought when you said, let's talk about the direction of the podcast, I thought you meant the direction of the podcast episode that we're going to do when we talk about this. No, That's what I, was, I thought you were saying. So I did you know, like maybe I could help you out one last time. We'll talk and then you can go your, uh, you know, we'll go our separate ways. Well, I am a, I am a better friend than that. So, uh, and, well, and I guess to, to, to my friendship level that I would, I don't want to drag anybody it down does. with me. It does. You but know. you know, to that end, uh, and I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, uh, you know, this podcast has really been kind of a a documentation of our friendship. If you think about it, I mean, we were yeah. we were acquainted before. Yeah, no, actually, we first met. Yeah, right there. I mean, well, we did the interview the one time, the very first time I, you came. We were watching us. Mm-hmm. I think before a fight, we were doing something or. Yeah, it was, was uh, it for uh, Travis's fight. I think Ricky was helping, and I was on the side, or vice versa. No, it was your fight camp with uh, Silva. I think it was the Silva fight camp. Uh, we came and we sat down and we did the interview and then, uh, but, but if you were to listen, this is, this is an interesting thing. A lot of friends, you know, they'll go, how'd you guys meet? And they'll, you know, you'll have two different versions of the story or whatever. We're actually going to have an audio document, document of it. You know, we can be like, well, you can binge listen to the entire uh, friendship if you'd Very like true. to start with episode <laughs> one at phoneboothfighting.com. But, uh, my, my point to, to mentioning that is, is this, because I said something to you on the phone. And I didn't even realize you were talking about the the future uh, of the podcast. But <laughs> but what I said to you on the phone was I said I said okay, well, I'm asking you as as a friend, you know, I'm not talking to you as a as a broadcaster or a reporter, or journalist, whatever, uh, commentator, or even a podcast co-host. I'm just asking you a, as a friend, did you did you do this? Did you take this? Yes. And you said, <laughs> "Fuck no." Said no. No. So. As I look you in the eye now, if you were lying to me, you wouldn't just be lying to me as a radio no, host. You'd be lying, lying to me as a friend. No, I'd be lying to you, and I'd be lying to my wife. And I had to call my father this morning. And, uh, and I'd uh, speak to my father about it. Mm-hmm. Explain to him And I sound like such an idiot, you know, how does someone not know? And 
I, it is what it is. <laughs> but um, that's why uh, uh, if I thought she would have let me do it, I'd divorce my wife right now too. <laughs> Honestly, I'd cut everybody loose. I don't want to drag anybody down this road with me. It's in my body. In the end, I'm responsible for it. Um, even if I didn't knowingly take something, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not right to drag anybody else that also didn't have control over this. It sucks, but I mean, there's innocent people in prison that actually are, you know, have much worse off than I have right now. Um, you know, my livelihoods hurt a little bit right now. My reputation and uh, ego. But, uh, you know, I'm free. Uh, I don't have any uh, health issues. So, I mean, it's really not as bad as uh, it could be. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I don't want to uh, share this misery with the people that I love around me. Well, as your friend, that is good enough for me. It is. I believe you. And, you know... People will ask me about this, you know, they'll not only people that listen to our show. I mean, people are already emailing questions and things like that. But, you know, they'll they'll ask me, oh, you know, you're around him. What do you th what do you think? You know, I'm friends of mine. And I'm going to point to a couple of things. Number one, the fact that you looked me in the eye as your friend and you told me you didn't do this. That's the most important thing right there. But also what we already talked about, you know, being privy to to moments inside the gym you know uh things that i wouldn't you know i wouldn't talk about if if we weren't compelled to talk about them in this environment right. but but uh you know and I, I, I mean uh, your wife jennifer's sitting right here i mean i can remember the day that uh you know you had a tough sparring day and she and i were talking and like ah, that wasn't good you know it's huh. it's concerning he doesn't look like himself but i'm gonna point to things like that because as I said, when when you know it's it's like the it's like the end of the movie where you know uh, everything is revealed in reverse order, like the usual suspects, where it all flashes back and you see everything played out. If I had heard that and I had played all those moments back and thought, now it all adds up. Now I know where that that crazy strength was coming from. You know, or that would be one thing, but. That's not the case. That's not what we have here. And uh, so, and you brought up the thing too again to, to, to hammer it home and repeat ourselves. Yeah. But uh, he said it in a much nicer way. <laughs> but uh, you know, my strength coach, he's like, "What are you? What did they say you're on?" And you know, he's all, "There's no way." He goes, "Within two weeks, your physique would have drastically changed. Mm -hmm. You would have looked night and day difference." He goes. There's no way. Anybody, go ahead and research it. You're going to see immediate results. He goes, you started taking it today. He goes, in four or five days, you're going to look different. I'm like, really? He's all, yeah, that quick. I'm all, okay. Well, somehow I have all the bad effects of having the metabolite in my system with none of the good. No strength, no physique, no endurance, no healing. So Well, and, and I would think that, that maybe a physician, this would be a particularly frustrating thing for them to watch if, you know, they, they have that kind of information and they know that they should be able to look at you and see those types of effects that obviously no. you're not seeing. So let's do this. Uh, cause I, obviously this, you need to have the last word on this. So, you know, uh, if people have stuck with us this far and, and they've listened, then obviously, uh, they're, they're compelled to hear, 
you talk about this um, uh, unedited and in its entirety. And that's an important thing about being able to do something like this, like our podcast. I mean, even in this difficult circumstance and situation, it is nice for you to be able to put it in your own words, upload it to the internet. It sits right there at phoneboothfighting.com. And if people really want to hear the whole story, you can't take something out of context when a piece of audio isn't edited, you know? True. So, so that way you've been able to say your piece from beginning to end. So with that being said, if you wanted to say anything in conclusion to anyone that's listening, that might, that, that's a big fan that might have a, a doubt or a concern or just not want it to be true. You know, if you, if you could sum it up in a sentence or two, what do you say to those people? Uh, obviously, you know, we can go back and repeat that, you know, everything I've just said, but, uh, I guess for my fans that are worried about me, I'm looking at this as another opportunity in my life where I'm going to hit rock bottom. It's going to be rough and, uh, it's not going to be easy, but I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and prevail or die trying. So the good news for me is that, uh, I'm still your friend. I believe you. Uh, the rough news is that you're still going to have to keep doing the podcast. <laughs> so uh, that answers the second part of the question. So I'm We're not keep, breaking up. No, I'll keep showing up. Uh, so with that being said, uh, this has been a, uh, a rough piece of audio that's going to uh, probably be one of the more memorable episodes of uh, the Phone Booth Fighting podcast, but uh, we'll have another episode for you next week. This is basically a bonus episode because of the uh, immediacy of the situation. And you know what? If uh, more comes out of it than this between now and when we normally tape next week, we'll get together and, no, and do it I'll again. Be, this is I'm not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I'll, I'll know where to find you. <laughs> this is uh, where people will get all the information. So we thank everybody for uh, listening to this in its entirety. I know Frank appreciates it. I do as well. Uh, the podcast available on a weekly basis in iTunes and uh, Stitcher or uh, on the Stitcher radio app. And of course, at phoneboothfighting.com. For Frank Mir, I'm Richard Hunter, and uh, we'll talk to you next week right here on Phone Booth Fighting.